0: Just like sometimes get like super, you know, down on myself and like feel lonely. So, so immediately I would think, oh, let me just tell my friends, hey, you guys want to go get a table at this club? And then they would all say yes. And then we would go out and then that internal void would be covered. And I was afraid to look within, I was afraid to look inside and see, like, what were my insecurities? Why did I always have to constantly feel that I needed to, um, go after all the pretty girls even though that they may not give me the type of love or attention and care and nurture that I need in the moment. Uh, I was attracting relationships that you know were on the surface level shallow.
1: Ladies and gentlemen welcome to Golden Generation Podcasts. I'm your host the Nature Boy. Each week we're dedicated to bringing you guys the best talent that's out there But most importantly, trying to give you guys some much needed inspiration, motivation and value to any of you who are looking to enter the business world, the creative world or the sports world. Without any more delays, Sober Toby, drop that beat and let's get into the episode. Okay, three, two, one and we're live. Hey guys, you're now tuned into another episode of Golden Generation. And we're so grateful to each and every single one of you who continue to listen to the podcast. And today we have a remarkable episode lineup for you. We have an amazing guest on. We have someone who you can call, quote unquote, an old soul. He is a phenomenal poet and writer. He is the founder of Just Tapped In and the lead host of their podcast which serves to illuminate wisdom and to build the consciousness to the upcoming generation, as well as to help serve in building up the next generation of thought leaders. So please welcome the multi-talented Emilio. Welcome to the show, brother.
0: Thank you so much, brother, for having me. I'm, I've been really excited for this conversation and I'm glad to see younger people also talking about all these topics that I think are really important for the world right now.
1: Yeah, man, it's it's awesome. i I mean, like just the week building up to this point now, um, I get like really excited for episodes that I'm I know that are gonna have a lot of nourishment and enrichment for a lot of people. And one of the things that I kind of just to Around myself just to make sure that I'm present as I normally like meditate or do a little prayer and then I also look over like what are my favorite Japanese proverbs which reads um Ichige and when translated it means this moment mm. exists now and now alone it will never happen again and it's such a beautiful um saying because it just reminds me just to be present and just to cherish the moment and just to like not overthink things and just to have fun in the moment you know
0: I I resonate with that completely. The present moment, you know, it's so hard sometimes because we have very active minds that you're always trying to put us out in the future or project us into a past moment and being present really truly means that I've learned that in that present moment is where all the magic occurs because when you're in that present you know nothing else matters you know you're not outside of your body trying to think about what's going to happen next week what you're going to eat and and it's good that we take time in the day to bring that awareness to the present moment um or else we'll just let life you know take us by its own reins, and we won't be able to fully embrace all the magic and surrender
1: Definitely. I mean, I know you just got back from from London. You were recently volunteering at the the World Health um, Optimization Summit. Do you want to tell us more about that experience and walk us through mm-hmm. how the opportunity came about?
0: Man, that's that was an incredible experience for me. I it, it really brought me back full circle because when I was starting my journey, when I was getting into all these topics about personal development and i was also really interested in health biohacking different different modalities of how to perform better how to feel better how to live better and i was with a friend at that moment in college this was in the year 2019 i was a junior in college and one day we were both really you know into all these topics and he sent me a Instagram post that was promoting this event called the Health Optimization Summit in London. And basically he said let's go. Um, you know, let's let's make it happen. And there was a part of me that said let's do it. Like I'm in Spain, you know, this is in the UK, so I, you know, there's there's a way to to make it work. I I even remember that we started emailing our university to to sponsor our trip for us. And we were telling them to just like, hey, like, we're students, we're going to go to this conference, it would be great if the university could support us. You know, those were like, really the beginning steps of, you know, how my mentality shifted around, you make your opportunities happen um, by taking action. And I also learned that you can literally just send an email to someone. And most likely, you'll get a response, you know, if you're, persistent with it, if you're aligned, if you are focused on how can I give value to this person in this case? How can I give value to my university? And that's by going to really cool conferences and spreading the word about, you know, our universities, you know, helping us in this process. Um, unfortunately, they didn't re- accept our <laughs> our request. So we just decided to uh, get our own funds and, and go to this event. And it's interesting because that summit, um, I met and I, you know, connected with a lot of the top speakers in health and spirituality and biohacking, you know, people like Dave Asprey, uh, Shawman John Gray, um, there. And it was really cool to just be in their presence. And that's I think what what started firing me up about people my age. Like if I if I were to look around In this conference, I didn't see a lot of people that were, you know, it was, you know, past generations that were there, Um, not necessarily the young demographic of people our age that me and my friend, we both decided when we went back to Madrid to start the podcast together. And we started reaching out to all the speakers that were in that conference and, you know, it was easier because we, we just had to say like, hey, I went to go see your talk in London. You know, there was already more of a connection there, like they knew that this person was, you know, already committed in the work and, you know, curious about their their whatever they were speaking about. So a lot of the speakers started saying yes to us and that's kind of how we built the podcast a little bit. That, that was how we started Eventually my friend and I, we went our own separate paths and we decided to do our own thing. But this time around the conference 2020, so three years later. So this is the first year uh, since 2019 that they were gonna do that, that same conference, which was literally one of my first conferences that I ever went to. So I said, wow, like just seeing the evolution and the transformation that has been about my life since then. And also in the world, how much of the world has changed in the past three years, it just felt so right to me to go back to that conference and really bring it back full circle. And this time around, I I figured out a hack. And that's, you can, you can just say to, you know, either if it's like a company, or there's an event going on, you can ask them, hey, can I be a volunteer? What what do you guys need extra? Your hands and, and normally these big events they need people on hand and and people that are willing to work for free so that's kind of what i did i went as a volunteer this time and i got because i got put into the film team on the volunteer school you know i'm not a filmmaker i'm, I'm a podcaster i you know I, I edit videos and i do certain things on, on the computer but here i was on the film team you know trying to fake it till you make it like I was just like hey whatever you guys need you know I'm not an expert at this Um, but I was like literally going around and I was just like hey I'm part of the film team and like (laughs) it was just funny because you get put in some situations where you just have to flow with it you literally just have to flow with whatever life gives you and one of the topics that I started investigating was imposter syndrome because I was feeling that you know I was interviewing these people and at that point, I was like 20 years old and I just felt like, you know, I sh- I'm talking to people that I shouldn't be talking to. That's how I felt sometimes. And it's a valid belief. It's a valid thought process. And when I started investigating the imposter syndrome, I figured out that most people, they could be the most successful in the world, but they still get imposter syndrome. You know, literally the, the billionaires of the world the top CEOs in different companies, they get the same feeling. And it's a natural human feeling to feel that we don't deserve something, or maybe it was too easy. And I realize this because a lot of us are brought up with the belief that we have to work hard to get what we want. And we have to, you know, put in our blood, our sweat, our tears in order to create the life that we want, or, or not even that, but we have to work for x number of years to finally get a life that we can enjoy and that's a belief that rules many people and oh i just sent one email to dr joe dispenza's team and they told me that he would like to do the interview and it felt easy there was a part of me that felt like i don't deserve this because it it felt so easy like what what did i do to deserve this but as soon as you take that that subconscious belief off and you really look at it and you say, why can't life be easy? You know, sometimes why, why can't things just flow? You know, I've stayed up late editing and doing things for my own project, but that doesn't mean that everything has to be so hard. You know, I I learned to replace that belief with, you know, I, I manifest and I create in alignment to my, into my purpose. And when I started implementing that in my life, you know, just things literally align with that belief and they start flowing to you. So that's kind of how the, the whole journey of this event and a little bit of the beginnings of the podcast came about.
1: That's incredible, man. And you mentioned so many nuggets of wisdom. I mean, especially in the beginning when you're talking about just being intentional and being proactive. Mm-hmm. I mean, it must have been so surreal for you looking back now. And reflecting on the journey so far, like just going back to that, that moment where you were back home at your parents' house and you went into their library just to pick out a book because you realized at that point in your life that you wanted to have a change. And ironically, you picked out the seven habits of highly effective people by by Stephen. I think it's called COVID. Yeah. Yeah. And, Stephen
0: Coby. yeah.
1: I mean, I want to, I'm very curious what, what got you to that tipping point that made you think to yourself, like, actually, I need to set this intention and go about just reading a book that's going to allow me to make the necessary change that need to happen in my life for self-improvement and bettering myself.
0: When I was 16, I went through a radical change in my life. I was living in the US for most of my life. And one day, uh, out of the blue, unexpected, my dad told me, hey, we're going to we're going to have to move to Colombia. I had a a, a change in jobs and whatever. I got a promotion. We have to go to Colombia. And, you know, I'm 100 percent Colombian by blood. So my parents, my family is all Colombian. But I grew up all my life in the U.S. So that was a shock for me to have to go to this environment where you know, I was safe, I was in my comfort zone. I was doing what I liked, I played basketball. I didn't really know too much about the outer world because I feel like some some parts in, in America are very narrow-minded in, in, in terms of, you know, expand their world view. And, you know, for people that, you and me, like now we've lived in different countries, we get to see like, oh wow, like there's, there's other things, you know, there's other things out there. So when I got to Colombia, I was put into a school and it it was a big struggle for me to fit in and you know have to adapt and shift that that culture shock that I was going through. And it kind of forced me to change a lot of my identity, change a lot of who I was in order to fit in with people around me. So that led, you know, I started picking up habits like drinking uh you know just going out and you know having to prove myself through maybe the girls that I was hooking up with and things like that so my worth was attached to hey what's cool quote unquote cool for people right now and let me go do that and then maybe I'll get this validation that I that I I crave right now so when I went to college that new version of emilio let's say kind of got amplified and you know i was very driven by my ego and you know i got to spain and i wanted to be you know this persona that went out all the time knew all the bouncers at every single club and after months of having that lifestyle you know not not caring about the grades just being this person that you know he goes out to every single party he's there You know, he's the one that that drinks the most out of everyone and he hooks up with the girls and he does all this. And months after doing that, like there was a point where the tipping point was my body told me, you know, you need to rest. Like, you know, it's too much, too much to handle. Um, In Spain, the nightlife there is every single day of the week. So I wasn't giving my body a chance to even like recuperate or, you know rest and regenerate it was just like constant going out and my nutrition you know my breakfast was i would eat a chocolate croissant with coffee and i would add sugar to it so i was i was running on adrenaline sugar caffeine and alcohol for six months seven months straight and there was a point where my body kind of broke down on me i was also going through some mental health like. I didn't. I didn't go to a psychologist. I didn't go to a therapist. But I knew that you know my, my my mind wasn't wasn't completely healthy in that moment. I would just like sometimes get like super you know down on myself and like feel lonely. So so immediately I would think, oh, let me just tell my friends, hey, you guys want to go get a table at this club? And then they would all say yes, and then we would go out, and then that internal void would be covered, and I was afraid to look within, I was afraid to look inside and see like, what were my insecurities? Why did I always have to constantly feel that I needed to um, go after all the pretty girls, even though that they may not give me the type of love or attention and care and nurture that I need in the moment. Uh, I was attracting relationships that, you know, were on the surface level shallow. Um, And, you know, in that moment, I don't know exactly why I decided to take the book that you mentioned with me to university. It was kind of just like this thought process of, hey, I'm going to Spain. Um, my mom and dad had this library in my house. And before I left to the airport, I just picked out a book and I said, hey, I'll, I'll probably get a chance to read on the on the flight, the 12 hour flight to Spain from Colombia. Obviously I didn't read a single page of that book and it sat in my dorm room for all those six, seven months that I was uh, focused on other things. And in that moment, when I got pretty sick, I went to the doctor, I was put on antibiotics, because that's what they do, right? In Western medicine, they tell you, oh, you're not feeling good. Let me just give you this, this pill, suppress whatever you're feeling, kind of block the symptoms, but not really go to the root cause. The root cause, more often than not, is usually an emotional area that, that you that you're dealing with that manifests as a physical disease. Disease. So, in that moment, like I, I also had to move from my descent to my uncle's place because I needed someone because you know they're like, what's what's going on with our son? You know, he's not doing well in his classes, you know, he's sick, what's going on. So my mom came all the way from Colombia to to be with me in that process. And, you know, I started reading that book while I was, you know, in bed, you know, I was resting, my body was resting, I couldn't really look at screens, because then I would get like a headache, I couldn't look at my social media, because I would just be like, bombarded with information. And in that moment, I, I literally just needed to disconnect for a minute and I started reading that book because I'm like what else do people do when they're you know sick and I couldn't even watch Netflix and kind of numb my feelings with a series on Netflix or YouTube or whatever it was just like I just started reading that book and it shifted a lot for me in the areas of my mindset and how I was approaching my life, how I was living and what other highly successful people did and why I was 20 years old and I couldn't even get the energy to go to class and pay attention and maintain my focus for 10 minutes. I couldn't do that. So I didn't understand why there are people in the world that had amassed so much success and achievements. And I'm here, you know, 20 years old and I couldn't do that. So. Mm-hmm. I started seeking out you know my own help and I feel like when you set a strong enough intention as you mentioned the word intention that it's a stronger intention and commitment than your current reality then that intention carries forward down the line and it actually helps you go through that and it it sends out a signal whether you want to call it to the universe or to you know whatever, your external reality, it sends out a signal telling the universe what you want to experience. So I would, I would before that, my signal was, I wanna go to parties and I wanna drink and I wanna meet girls. And then that's what I would reflect back. That's literally what, what life would give me. But then when I change that to be like, I wanna focus on my personal growth and I wanna read better books and I wanna surround myself with, people that are also like-minded and they want to grow i started attracting that and my reality shifted in the span of like six months like i felt and my energy felt like a different person it was incredible yeah
1: that's awesome what, what would you say kind of allowed that energy shift to happen within you internally
0: i feel like one practice that helped me and it'll sound cliche to say this but meditation I know it's a buzzword right now and we hear meditation everywhere but what I experienced through meditation was giving myself moments in the day where I could disconnect from my external reality so everything right. that was stimulating me uh, the people in my life the tasks the classes that I had to do the homework the whatever and I would give myself moments to look within and after that you know, I would meditate, I would set a timer 15, 20 minutes, and when I would open my eyes, I would take out a notebook and I would start writing whatever came up for me. Whatever was in my I call it, you know, a lot of people call it stream of consciousness writing, where you're not like intent on a single topic that you want to write about, but whatever is flowing through you, whatever is being, you know, channeled through you, you put it on paper and you start observing what what your thought process looks like, what's going on in your mind. And when when you put your thoughts out into paper, you get to observe them in a different way. It's a different experience of your of your own internal thinking. You get to observe it. And in meditation, you also there's a moment where instead of always attaching ourselves and thinking that we are every single thought that we have and you know we have I think it's like ninety thousand thoughts per day. And 80, 80 to 90% of those thoughts that you had yesterday are the same thoughts that you will have today. So we live this loop, this habit of thinking, this pattern, uh, whether it's subconscious or you're, you're literally surrounding yourself with the same things over and over again, and you're not giving yourself a moment to be in the unknown from everything else. You're in that unknown. You're in that moment where, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm just in this black space. I'm just out here observing everything around me, my sensations, my thoughts. And it brings about this level of self-awareness that it's beautiful because most of us might live our life, not knowing who we truly are. And that's when we get seduced by the outer world of what we should be doing um society tells us that we should go to this direction our parents tell us that we should go to that direction so we kind of get pulled by society and our outer world to what's acceptable what's the norm what's culturally accepted and without knowing ourselves we don't have the capacity to say no that's that's not for me or yes that that's for me and I think that's just having that awareness of who you are and connecting back to, this is who I am. Like The Lion King, it's one of my favorite movies. Where Simba and he like manifests his dad when in a vision, and he he tells him, "Remember who you are." That's that's this whole journey of life that we're in. It's remember who you are, not just Emilio in the flesh, not just you know anyone's name who's listening to this podcast you know, who, who they think they are, but really who are they in a more expanded state? Not the labels that you've given yourself, not the names of, oh, I'm a athlete, I'm a good student, you know, I'm boyfriend, girlfriend to this person, I'm daughter, son to this family. You know, those are all labels that we've given ourselves that sometimes when we take them as the complete ultimate truth of who we are, we can explore other paths or detours to to really get to know ourselves.
1: Yeah, I, I love that. I mean, one of the the incredible things about meditation it, it really allows you to go deep within. That you know, people like Deepak Chopra and Dr. Joe Dispenza, uh, as you mentioned before, mm-hmm. they talk about like entering the gap or the quantum field, right? And when you're mm-hmm. in that state, you you're able to really ask yourself like the real questions, like, who am I? What is my purpose? What do I want? How can I help serve humanity, you know? And, and I think that's, it's a, it's a very important skill that I think if, if everyone learned, it would be so beneficial to the world right now as, and you mentioned before in, when you were attending the, the World Health um, Optimization Summit, how there was just a lack of, of the younger generation of people there. Would you say that's because of just the, the void that we're experiencing right now that we're in our generation and even the younger generation where the, there's a spiritual void and a mental and as well as like an emotional void that mm-hmm. people are, are looking to fill?
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting because we're living in the age of information and any sort of knowledge or information that we would ever want to seek is at our fingertips. Mm-hmm. And that could be a superpower or it could be a weakness because it depends what content are you feeding yourself? What information are you are you exposing yourself to? And I feel like our generation, there's a lack of discernment towards which content serves and nourishes us in our soul and which content and information is draining us of our life force energy and giving our power away to the outside, so when we are in these moments of scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, and in 10 minutes, you compared yourself to 100 different people and you looked at your life and it wasn't as shiny or cool or interesting as those other 150 people that you saw in the span of 10 minutes. What this creates is this internal void and lack within you that you feel that you're not enough and after years of doing that you create a, a a belief a subconscious belief that you're not enough and this this belief it will it'll actually is actually what will take us to not loving ourselves because if if we're not enough for the world then why 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 go to the gym why meditate why read why do things that might uplift us and and bring our energy up why decide to pursue our passion where the easy route is what everyone else is doing. And if we're doing what everyone else is doing, then we might feel enough. So I think there is this like, you know, spiritual as you called it, like this spiritual void as well, where, you know, religion right now is, is changing because we're discovering so many things through science and science in, in, in a way is becoming the new religion um and it's good to know that neither of the two are pure truth they're just a finger pointing to something that could be a truth in the universe but it's not the complete truth so when we give our power away to these institutions or we give our power away to these platforms like social media then it does create this disconnection between our divinity and who we are as human beings, because there. a mentor of mine, John Gray, he told us that in a lecture, he said that we are divine animals. You know, sometimes we might look at society and we might see how, how we behave like animals in some certain ways, like inciting wars and just creating, you know, violence and hatred in the world. Racism is a big issue, but also there's this imprint of divinity within us that it's always in us so we don't need anything outside of us to connect with that you know some people say like oh I need to do uh, plant medicine in order to feel God within me or I need to have tantric sex in order to feel God within me but as soon as you give your power away to something outside of you to have that connection that's when that's when it's, it's not natural it's not the natural state so I, I really encourage people to find ways and in and methods and practices and different, you know, moments and habits in their day where they can truly connect with who they are uh mm-hmm. as this divine animal that we are living in a planet that's floating and going, I don't know how many miles an hour through through a void in space. It's like how the fuck are we here? Uh, it's a miracle that we're here, that we're here, and we have to be grateful. And gratitude is, you know, this state where the moment you say thank you mm-hmm. to something in your life, you are asking the universe, "I want more of that." Mm-hmm. So, you're you're literally giving that a sign, like, "I want more of that. Give me more of that. Thank you. Uh, you know, thank you for this health." So the health that I have in my life. Thank you for the family, the, the close relationships I have. You know, I, I interviewed a guy that um, he appeared on this show on Netflix called Down to Earth with Zac Efron. His name is Darren Olin. And mm-hmm. when I interviewed him, he said that he started his day, uh, his morning routine was that he would write 30 things that he was grateful for. Wow. And what that does is it starts rewiring your brain to literally see what's good in your life and perception is reality so the way you view the world is the way that that reality is reflected to you so if you're constantly looking at things that are good in your life then what are you going to see more of the negative or the positive it's it's a mindset shift i, I realize that and and dr joe dispenza says that you know everything that we see is kind of like the vr headset you know, the virtual reality game that we're playing and as creators we have the power to pick and choose what we want to see or what we want to create in that game in that rea- in that virtual reality so the moment we realize that we're not victims to our reality and we shift and say we're creating we're, i created that that illness that mental Uh, health issue the physical issue in college i created that through my thoughts through how i was seeing myself and the moment you start shifting your perception of reality the the world changes outside of you
1: yeah that that's really powerful that's so true i mean you obviously you were experiencing all these shifts internally and you could say it's a bit of an awakening right and obviously your perception changed the way you view the world. And a lot of people experience a lot of spiritual awakenings, but they get in, into this zone of feeling a lot of resentment and anger because they feel like they've been lied to their whole lives, you know? Like, this is not how the world is. And they set their intention of trying to help people to wake up, but it's coming from a projection of anger and resentment. And that good intention actually becomes a lot harmful a lot of people. So I want to ask you, how did you find navigating that that process of waking up and trying to just be like how navigate that and and how did you process a lot of like the trauma Mm -hmm.
0: It's such a good question because I feel like when we when we go through this awakening process, I think one of the first stages in that is as you said, feeling that everyone in our life has told us lies and life isn't fair, and what's going on, and I would go down, I remember, I would go down rabbit holes for hours and hours and hours listening to conspiracy theories about, did we land on the moon? Did 9-11 actually happen? Like, was that a thing? Like, was that stage or what? Like, I don't want to, you know, incite any of those theories, because for me, it's like, you know, it's there, it's out there, but it's good to sometimes question people. It's uh, question what people have told us and news outlets and everything around us. The questioning never goes away, but the way you question changes because instead of saying like, um, you know, is this, is this directly affecting, you know, my life in a way, because, I would I would go down hours just putting my energy into that, putting my energy into these videos. And yes, they were kind of opening my mind in different ways. And, you know, they were allowing me to see different paradigms of the world. But when it came to my personal reality, nothing was really changing because all my energy was going toward that. And where you place your energy is where you place your attention and where your life eventually leads you to. So I was putting my attention and energy on things that were disempowering me in many ways because I couldn't do anything about it. Like we landed on the moon X number of years. Did that happen? I don't know. Do I care? Well, cool, maybe I'll get to go to the moon someday. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's it's something that for me, uh, it was taking a lot of my energy away. It was disempowering me and I did feel so angry at sometimes, like, do you know that there's like lizards in the government? And I'm like, <laughs> and I would tell all my friends, and they're like, what are you fuck? Like, it would just disconnect me from people. And if one of my values is connection, then, you know, I'm not gonna project uh, ideas out in the world that I feel are gonna divide people. And that's something I admire a lot um, about people that are attracting mass audiences like Joe Dispenza, they're, they're not dividing an audience. You know, they have the science, they're telling people what it, what it is. Um, and even the language that he uses, like he'll never use a word like chakras to describe, you know, the energetic centers in our body. He literally calls them energy centers. Mm. Okay. That, that sounds more scientific and, and people aren't going to question that a lot. And it's, it's about, you know, putting out ideas in the world that instead of divide, they bring and unify people together. And obviously there are ideas that go against everyone's beliefs. Like, you know, if you tell people, most people like, did you know that the body can heal itself? Did you know that we have an innate capacity to reverse any illness and disease in our body? Did you know that our body has an intelligence to rewire itself and upgrade uh, every time it gets a virus, it upgrades biologically to strengthen the immune system and you know become an upgraded version of itself? Not, not many people believe that or, or, or know that because everything they're being fed is fear, it's anger, it's resentment. So it, it really depends like where you're going to for the information. Um, if you're on CNN, you know, or the top news outlets and, and you're just, and you're just devouring that information constantly, you know, on a daily basis, most of the things that, you know, you're, being fed are like fear. Look at this war that's going on in the world. Look at this famine, look at all these things. And that doesn't mean that it's not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people that are watching the news like they get informed about what's going on in the world but does that leave them more empowered does it give them action steps like oh here's a foundation that you can support here's a charity that you can support here's you know literally an action that you can do every single day to help climate change help combat you know climate change in any way like it's getting the the information that is not going to feed your fear and if you're in the vibration of anger, if you're in the vibration of fear, then you're gonna be naturally drawn to people who are projecting that as well. You're gonna be drawn to outlets and social media pages and books and different things, communities that are also projecting that same vibration of anger and fear and resentment. So, so if you wanna like change that, I, I, I had to do a whole 360 and be like, I need a break from conspiracy theories. Just like it's it's getting too much for me. <laughs> a couple of my friends kind of told me like, hey, we love you, but you know, you're, you're going in these deep rabbit holes. Uh, and I've seen it in, in close people around me even now. Like during the pandemic, there was so much of that going around. Um, and I even started falling a little bit back into like just going down rabbit holes because, you know, I felt like I knew that There was i wasn't getting the full picture you know i was being lied to in a way that's that's when you when you start seeing that everything school has told you your parents have told you haven't been completely true and you start questioning everything you kind of get this feeling of hmm where where is the where is the lie in this and i mean if you're looking for the lie you're 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 gonna find it in some way but it's also sometimes going back to your own truth like what's your truth what's true for you and and your truth is different from another person's truth and the more you're in your truth and truth is also like anger like resentment it's it's a vibration it's an emotion you know being in truth is an energetic frequency that we you know emit in the world so when we're speaking our truth it resonates much more than if we're speaking from anger and if we're speaking from resentment and if we truly want to create change in the world, then what are people going to receive more? Mm -hmm. You putting out, you know, this like, Hey, life's not fair. You know, we were lied to all of this, which there's people for that. You know, people are in the world that, you know, that they're, they're projecting that um, view. But then there's this unity um, information. And I feel like humanity right now is going through a transition where we're going from fear consciousness, separation consciousness, um, to unity consciousness. A lot of, you know, a lot of people in the spiritual community call it Christ consciousness as well, um, for more like, quote, religious people. But it's this elevated consciousness that's emerging right now in the world and it's beautiful to see this shift because people are going from fear to love and they're choosing love over fear mm-hmm. there and, and and the pandemic I think was a tipping point for all of humanity because we were being fed so much fear that I think we just got tired of it we just said mm-hmm. like this is this is boring like you know this fear kind of sucks mm-hmm. so what's what's on the other side of that and the, what's on the other side of fear is that love. It's the unity consciousness.
1: Mm-hmm. That's so true. And I think that's it's a good segue into you mentioned Dr. Joe Dispenza and why you were talking mm-hmm. like literally a few minutes ago about how our thoughts in essence create our reality, right? And Dr. Joe Dispenza talks a lot about how if if you want to experience positive experiences you have to be able to change your emotions operate from elevated emotions you know love peace and joy when you're experiencing those elevated emotions you're going to get positive experiences right so i want to find out for you because you mentioned it a bit earlier on in the podcast how you just reached out to dr joe dispenser and for you it just felt effortless how you managed to land the podcast like how did that whole process come about and then also how did you manage to deal with the imposter syndrome that you were experiencing?
0: It was such a magical experience for me. I felt that, you know, when you're when you're truly aligned to something that in a way there's this saying, and I don't know if it's Arabic, but it's in the book, The Alchemist, Maktub, and it says it's everything's yeah. already written. And I feel like there are certain things in our life that are written for us and for us when we decide to align with who we truly are. You know, that, that opportunity in the infinite potentials that exists in the world might already be there, but if you are constantly being someone you're not, you know, doing, being at a job that you hate and it's not aligned to who you are, suppressing your gifts and your light in order to, suppress, uh, to please other people, then the, these things that are already written for you, you won't see them. You will just, it will just pass by your perception. You won't even get that, that insight, the download of email, this person right now. Like it, that literally happened to me. So it, just in, in this Dr. Joe, cause you asked about that. It was, I was, you know, late at night and when I started the podcast, I already knew who were, who were my dream guests. Like I already knew like who I wanted to interview, who are the people that had inspired me the most and, mm-hmm. and, and helped me tap back into to my power and I knew exactly the people and Dr. Joe was in the top of the list. Like he was up there and for many, for many months since I started the podcast, I never even had the idea of reaching out to him yet. So I, I had this linear view of reality of, you know, eventually it ha- it'll happen. You know, I, I might just have to be podcasting for a couple more years. You know, maybe when I'm a bit older, maybe when I have more experience, maybe when I, you know, get more interviews and have more followers and downloads and community. So I was putting that opportunity out in my future. You know, I was putting it way out there. Like, here's me. My present consciousness is here. And then the consciousness of Emilio that had that experience is way out in the future. But in the quantum, every every past, present, and future is already happening in an eternal present moment. So he talks about that in the episode of how can how can you create not from linear thinking from, from quantum thinking. So this opportunity for me was a direct example. And it was just, it was so synchronistic that the person that literally talks about all these topics of creating from the quantum was what allowed me to manifest that opportunity from creating from a quantum like a quantum creator people are asking what is a quantum creator and it's instead of you know creating and manifesting by putting yourself as separate from your dreams or from your goals or from whatever you want to create in your life how about you start feeling that it already happened in the now moment and having an elevated emotion what if you could feel your future before it happened? And then Dr. Joe would say, then you no longer have to go anywhere to get it. You just draw that experience to you. You create a vortex in reality. You create this like time vortex where that possibility that already exists is drawn to you become, because you become the vibration of that. So the reason I hadn't ever thought about reaching out to J- Joe Dispenza before is because I felt that I wasn't worthy enough to have that yet. I had put it away from me, like I had, I had been separate from that possibility. Like there was a thought that said, you know, you, you can do it. Like it, it, it's possible, but not yet, you know, it's, it's not possible yet. So the moment I kind of had the, the shift in reality and perception where I said, you know, and, and it was one of these sort of, I call them like downloads of intuition that sometimes, you know, intuition will tell you, go for this opportunity talk to this person. And that's another big issue that we were talking about earlier is that we don't we don't really give ourselves moments in the day for contemplation and for silence. And in the silence is where that whisper of your intuition or your sixth sense or your higher self speaks to you. So it was literally during a meditation where I kind of got this idea of like I think you're ready for 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 Joe Dispenza interview and I was like okay like I didn't question it and that same day and, and here's the thing about when you get these downloads when you get these ideas these insights this creative idea if you don't take action on it the moment you get it then what I've noticed is that sometimes that idea or that insight will get passed on to another consciousness in the collective, because we're all part of this one organism. So I feel like there's this, there's this divine power that is wanting to create through us, and it chooses channels and vessels to have those creations. But if the person that they originally sent it to doesn't receive it, then it'll just get passed on. That's why you see that if you look at history, a lot of the biggest inventions in the world were created around the same time in different parts of the world. And even in moments of history where communication from longer distances wasn't wasn't as easy as it is now. So then you ask yourself, like, like, how did that happen? Like, how come these two inventors got the same idea, one in Russia, one in Mexico, and they created essentially the same product or invention? And then you ask yourself, okay, so the ideas that I'm getting, where are they coming from? And that's where discernment comes in. If an idea feels right to you, like this idea felt so right. Like Joe Dispenza interview and I was like feeling good about it. You know, I I saw the possibility. I felt amazing because I was like, I think I'm ready for this. And I took immediate action. That's the key word, immediate action. And how did that look like? I just, JoeDispenza.com, contact us, subject, interview request, whatever the, the podcast and then I wrote an email that felt effortless. It was mm-hmm. a long one too. Like, I feel bad for the person that opened that because they're like, it's a fucking long email that they had to go through. But it came from my heart. And that's the key. When it comes from genuine place, when it comes from, yeah, your, your heart, not your not your intellect. When it comes from the heart, it's it comes powered with a higher frequency. Mm-hmm. And, and since I was no longer feeling separate from the experience, like I felt that in a way it already had happened then all i had to do was just surrender to it and by surrendering i i I kind of just went about my life i was traveling you know i was doing other things and one moment when i wasn't even thinking about it i opened my email and i got the acceptance that that they said like hey thank you for your request uh dr joe would love to be on your podcast etc etc and i was like wow wow this is incredible. Like, I couldn't believe it. It was It was actually tough for me to believe it for <laughs> that first, like, day or so. I didn't believe that it was going to happen. Um, but it felt so aligned. It felt so right. It felt so effortless that even, like, you know, I, you might have seen the interview that it, it was in person. So that was a whole different manifestation <laughs> process because... I was given three options like, hey, you know, here are some times for the interview. You can pick and choose which one works best. And I had confirmed the email, the interview on Zoom. And in that moment, I was in Mexico and I had to travel to California to visit some friends and do some stuff over there. And I, for some reason, I didn't buy a ticket back to Colombia. Yeah. So I, I was going to be in California, quote, indefinitely. Um and a friend of mine, one of my best friends uh, from literally at when we were kids, he said, like, you can stay with us, with his family, you know, however long you need. And it was so kind of them. And it's like when you're on a mission, when you're on your you're, when you're on purpose, then there will be angels. I see them as like angels along the way that are manifested as your friend as that person that reaches out to you and tells you, hey, I might have a venue for this interview. Uh, Those are angels that, you know, literally the universe is working through not only you, but through the people around you in order to make that creation happen. And I think since the interview had such a bigger purpose than just me, than just Joe, it was literally how can we bridge uh, Joe's information you know his wisdom what essentially he's channeling and and finding in his own investigations with the next generation of leaders how can we bridge those two uh together and that came about as an interview in person an incredible connection incredible conversation and it was one of the most magical moments in my life and since then i'm like how can i create more magic how can i create more of that in my life because now now I know it's possible. Now I know that I have the capacities to get aligned with whatever is already written for my soul in my contract that I might have signed before I incarnated on this plane. But now how can I align to that and make magic happen in my life?
1: That's such an inspiring story, man. It literally <laughs> yeah. reminds you of this is a book by Joseph Campbell. The the hero's journey is literally like a page from that, you know. How uh, you had all these people who were willing to help you out, and they were just like, like you said, angels, and they were just aiding you on your journey and your mission.
0: And just like there's angels, I also believe that there's temptations and there's resistance along the way. You know, I don't want to use the word demons and angels because, because no, but there, there is, you know, there's gonna be people that may be filled with envy about about what you're doing, and mm-hmm. they might, you know, send over negative vibes to you or put challenges in your way. And and that happened to me. So I actually just put out an interview today with this man. His name is Garen Jones, and he's he went from homeless to multimillionaire. His story is one of the most inspirational stories I've ever heard in my life. So I encourage people to like listen to his story. But he told me, I asked him about, how do you stay committed? Right now, he was committed to creating a beautiful relationship with his wife and, you know, creating impact in the world. And I asked him like, how do you, how do you create this commitment and what goes along with that? And he told me, according to the level of commitment, it mirrors and it attracts its equal in resistance. So if you have a huge commitment for me, it was like, my commitment right now is flying to California, not knowing where I'm going to stay, basically, uh i have no filmmaker videographer venue for this interview i had already confirmed the interview in person and i didn't have a venue i didn't have uh, a camera guy i i didn't have like really that much certainty of how long i could stay in my friend's place it was just like i'm gonna trust and surrender that's the power of surrender where you just say literally fuck it and you know things will work out because they need to work out (laughs) and i'll make them work out (laughs) uh, if i have to and you know it's it's really just being in that moment of the unknown where you can create you know if you if you know exactly what you're going to do tomorrow and who you're going to see and all of these things well you're not really creating a different life you you're kind of staying in the same in the same reality so it's about putting yourself in situations like for me it's been traveling for me it's been you know reading books that I might have not gotten into otherwise or talking to different people like that's the unknown that's the that's putting yourself in front of you know challenging situations that are going to allow you to grow mm-hmm. and for me, it was the angels were there and then there was the obstacles, there was the resistance. And in learning that those two are to get always go together like a married couple, your commitment and resistance, you know, like whenever the resistance appears in your life, you kind of learn to like manage it. And at some point you can just like take out the resistance and be like, All right, I'm ready. I'm ready for the practice now. I'm ready to go in full in with this commitment.
1: Yeah, that that's such a powerful, you know, advice as well as words of wisdom. I mean there's this inspirational book by Dr. Sue Morta. It's the Energy Codes. And she kind of talks about the same similar realm about this coin flip analogy, right? Where a lot of people view life through the lens of tales where they experience a lot of resistance or they experience a lot of bad things or some like heartbreak or they lose a family member and just a lot of like trials and tribulations, right? And they're always asking themselves, asking themselves like, why is this always happening to me? Like, why does this happen to happen to me now? Like, oh, the world is just against yeah. me. Whereas if they just flip the coin and viewed it from the head's perspective, right? Where same situation, all these bad things are happening to them, but they just ask themselves, okay, this is happening to me. What is the lesson in this? How is this serving my highest good? Because the world is actually working for us, not against us. So everything that's happening mm. to you, is not happening to you, but for you.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it is. And and that's a belief as well. And it's a perception of your reality. So if you think that the world is against you, you will create more of that. And when you learn that the universe, as it says, in, in The Alchemist is one of my favorite books, but it says, you know, the universe conspires in your favor, you know, to help you co-create the life that you want. And it's in setting that intention and if that intention and in that purpose is also coming from a place of love and service to humanity to the collective then why wouldn't the universe come in and help you that that's my that's my thought process like hey if i want to help people like if i want to help people transform and change their life then why why wouldn't i get help from this infinite intelligence that you know is also responsible for creating all the reality that we see like It wants to create through us. It's a creator as well. That energy is creative energy. You know, many Hindu cultures they represent the creator as like that Shakti, Hindu goddess that is like destruction and then creation and then chaos and then order. Those are like the laws of the universe, and there has to be chaos in order for there to be order. So, if you want to create your your new life, you have to be ready for chaos, because. It's also like that married couple that we talked about commitment and resistance, chaos and order go together, fear and love go together. We live in a dual, dualistic reality. Everything in this plane in, in third dimension is essentially polarity the feminine, the masculine, the yin, the yang. Like you can't experience pure love without fear and shadow. You can't experience your gifts as a human. That you were given without experiencing your shadow side. You know, there, there's so much like dichotomies that you could point out that when you start seeing it, it's like, oh, there's an opposite to everything. And like the ancient cultures knew this, you know, even in science knows that you need to have a positive charge in order to attract the negative charge and in, in physics and in biology and different, you know, sciences as well. Like there has to be that opposition and polarity of what what it is that you want to create. So You know, you can create order and complete like bliss in your life, but that doesn't go without experiencing a little bit of chaos and your reality shifting in order to fit the new persona and the new life that you want to create. Mm -hmm.
1: That's so true and powerful. I mean, you started this or you started podcasting like three times on this podcasting journey. What would you say have been the three biggest lessons that were crucial to, to your journey, but also just giving advice out there to a younger person who'd want to start a podcast. What would you say were the, the three mistakes that you made that were necessary on your journey?
0: Number one, fail as often as you can. Simple, simple advice. Fuck up as much as you can, have your camera break down in the episodes, you know, have to learn editing, you know, in a single day on YouTube. Like do all of that. Like honestly experiment. And, and don't see it, you know, there's going to be a lot of mistakes along the way that if you let yourself get put down by them, then you won't progress any further. The second thing I would say is that always think long-term. This, I'm in it for the long-term. I'm in it for the long-term. If, if, if that's truly what you want, like, you know, if, if you want to be podcasting at age 40 and talking to incredible people by age 40, then it's not a sprint to go in the first year and have a billion downloads in the first year. It's not a sprint, it's, it's a marathon. <laughs> mm-hmm. And another one is I've learned to communicate this like analogy of, you know, whenever you wanna put yourself out in the world and communicate yourself and be vulnerable on social media, there's always gonna be a social wall, like a, a, a social wall that, you know, is a little bit of that discomfort and fear of what are people gonna think about me? Um, you know, I'm going to be talking about this on social media, but then my friends from high school are going to judge, they're going to criticize, they're going to, you know, think I'm weird. There's going to be millions of, you know, those thoughts running through your head. And that's what I see as the wall. And every time you do something to, uh, be in that discomfort, every time you post a video of yourself talking, every time you post a podcast, every time you, you know, put yourself out there. In your discomfort and things that are stretching you, uh, stretching your perceived boundaries, that wall starts getting knocked down. It's like you're taking a brick out every single time you're doing that. And it depends on the person how big that wall is. You could be conditioned by by society that for years since you're three years old that you're not supposed to go against you know what people are saying, you know follow the masses, follow the sheep, follow the herd or whatever, and That wall, the size of the wall depends on your upbringing as well. But the method is the same for everyone. You just take Mm -hmm. out a brick. Every every single time you do something outside of your comfort zone, you're taking down a brick. So essentially, the wall's not there anymore. And that's when you become limitless. Mm -hmm. That's when there are no limits around what you can say, what you can do, what you can create in your life because you don't have that wall in front of you. I don't say personally that that wall is not there for me completely. Like I'm still taking bricks out every single day, every single, you know, every single video I create, it's a, it's a brick and I see it as a brick. I'm just taking it down. I'm, I'm making that wall a little bit less intimidating than it actually is. And, and when you realize that since it's coming from fear, it's also an illusion. So Mm -hmm. the wall is an illusion, but it's there nonetheless. And you have to learn to, deal with that that illusion along the way I
1: love that I love that little analogy because now it's like people can view it as like a game it's just you putting yourself in <laughs> it, <laughs> it is a
0: game <laughs>
1: yeah you know, each brick you take out just like oh, okay I'm getting one step closer to the higher version of myself
0: yeah. yes that's what it is
1: you, you obviously have been doing podcasting now for a long time what was your parents reactions when when you told them like your mom and dad, I'm, I'm yeah. gonna do podcasting. Like this is gonna be my thing.
0: Yeah, it, in the beginning, it started off as like a hobby, a passion project. Like most things, you know, that go from being passions to what we wanna, what we want our work to be in the world. And I'm not saying I just want my work in the world to be podcasts, but you know, in the beginning, it was, it was just like, oh, that, you know, he's he's learning, he's doing his thing, and you know, I actually there was the part of me that felt that I had to get all these huge guests on my podcast in order for my parents to accept like, oh, you know, he's doing it now. He's, 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 he made it. Mm -hmm. Um, and when I give my attention to that, it, when I'm reaching out to people, it's not coming from my heart. It's not coming from a genuine place. So that blocks a lot of the manifestation. So I learned to like, not even think about like, if my parents know who I'm going to interview or not, like, it doesn't matter to me it's it's literally who i'm curious about who i want to learn from i see this as an extension of my education of my university in many ways so it's fun for me i'm having a good time and i know it's a process to be able to finally say like this is a full-time you know job i'm making you know this is my career and i'm learning to start putting that label on it like yeah, I'm doing this. Like, This is what I want to do in the world. And it's not really giving too much weight on on what your parents or what your friends think because if you give them that much weight and importance, then it kind of takes away from what you're doing and you start doing it for other reasons.
1: That's so true. It's literally going back to how you were saying that, how you have to be very aware of what you're putting your attention on to. Otherwise, it's, it becomes so easy to give away your power. Exactly, exactly. Who has been your favorite guest so far on the podcast?
0: Ooh. I honestly I, I can't I can't say I have like a favorite one. The Joe Dispenza was a magical, you know, experience because it was my first in person. It was one of my top top dream guests, so like if I had to go with a quote favorite, it would be that interview. Uh, I saw it as like a an initiation to an, a new level for me. Nice. So I kind of cherish that moment and that That podcast so much because I knew that it was going to mark the rest of the ones that I was going to do and it was going to change the energy with which I did them because I felt much more aligned with that purpose of being that bridge, you know, between this wisdom and the next generation
1: i really want to be respectful of your time i really just want to say thank you for for being on the show and your willingness to to grace us with your wisdom and i want to commend you also for the mission that you're on what you're doing for our generation is is awesome and it's honestly needed the the wisdom that you're providing and the inspiration is going to help so many people in raising the next generation of leaders so i really want to
0: send out my commandments to you and and express my gratitude yeah man i, f- I feel that a lot uh, i receive that so much and also thank you for doing the work as well we, we all have huge purposes on this world right now and getting the right information out you know to the right people starting to awaken slowly you know i see every single episode i do like a seed of awakening for other people and mm-hmm. you know e- every time you know i i Right now it's crazy because I'm getting invited to podcast and it's like imposter syndrome. like. <laughs> but it's like, it's really cool because I want every everything, the message I want to put out in the world is that of empowerment and unity. And I feel like you start attracting people that are also in that same frequency and putting out this, a similar message. So, you know, I know this wasn't a coincidence and I really appreciate you for the invitation. And that's a wrap
1: folks, episode's over. Man oh man, Silver Toby's beats always just have me feeling zen. I'm just always kept to be in the present moment and I'm left feeling alive. If you're looking to hear more of his music you can check him out on Apple Music, Spotify and SoundCloud. His artist handle is Uyare and Sobatobi. You can check out his music discovery. It is honestly fire. I mean you're hearing the beast now. The music speaks for itself. You can also check him out on social media. His handle is at Sober Toby, S-O-B-E-R-T-O-B-Y. He's an hilarious guy, trust me. You know, it's so funny. I'm honestly so grateful to each and every single one of you who continue to listen to the podcast. We honestly love you. We would be nothing without you guys. I am going to ask you guys a huge favor. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast and turn on your notifications so that you can receive alerts where new episodes are out. And if this is your first time tuning into Golden Generation, go check out our other episodes. There's a whole bunch of inspirational artists, entrepreneurs and sports players that you can tap into to honestly get a lot of inspiration and fuel. And with that, I can leave you remember. See for what it is, not for what you want it to be. Peace out.